Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Tuesday, and this is the second week in Advent. This morning, our reading is from the 13th chapter of 2 Samuel, a chapter in the Bible that should come with some kind of advisory. This is not an uplifting chapter, to say the least, so if you wish to fast forward through today's reading and reflection and read it later on your own, uh, you, you may want to do that. Uh, and, and now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God, and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from 2 Samuel chapter 13. Some time passed. David's son Absalom had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And David's son Amnon fell in love with her. Amnon was so tormented that he made himself ill because of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin and it seemed impossible to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shimea. And Jonadab was a very crafty man. And he said, O son of the king, why are you so haggard morning after morning? Will you not tell me? And Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Jonadab said to him, Lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill, and when your father comes to see you, say to him, Let my sister Tamar come and give me something to eat and prepare the food in my sight, so that I may see it and eat it from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill, and when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes in my sight so that I may eat from her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare some food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, where he was lying down. She took dough, kneaded it, made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. Then she took the pan and set them out before him, but he refused to eat. Amnon said, Set out every, Send out everyone from me. So everyone went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the chamber so that I may eat it from your hand. 
So Tamar took the cakes she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. But when she brought them near to eat him, he took hold of her and said to her, Come lie with me, my sister. She answered him, No, my brother, do not force me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do anything so vile. As for me, where could I carry my shame? And as for you, you would be as one of the scoundrels in Israel. Now, therefore, I beg you, speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. But he would not listen to her, and being stronger than she, he forced her to lay with her. Then Amnon was seized with a very great loathing for her. Indeed, his loathing was even greater than the lust that he had felt for her. Amnon said to her, Get out. But she said to him, No, my brother, for this is wrong in sending me away, and the wrong is greater than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. He called the young man who served him and said, Put this woman out of my presence and bolt the door. Now she was wearing a long robe with sleeves, for this was how the virgin daughters of the king were clothed in earlier times. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. But Tamar put ashes on her head, tore the wrong robe that she was wearing, and put her hand on her head and went away crying aloud as she went. Her brother Absalom said to her, Has Amnon your brother been with you? Be quiet for now, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this to heart. So Tamar remained a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. When King David heard all these things, he became very angry. But he would not punish his son Amnon, because he loved him, for he was the firstborn. But Absalom spoke of Amnon neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had raped his sister Tamar. After two full years, Absalom had sheep shearers at Baal-Hazor, which is near Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. Absalom came to the king and said, Your servant has sheep shearers. Will the king and his servants please go with your servant? But the king said to Absalom, No, my son, let us not all go, or else we will be burdensome to you. He pressed him, but he would not go, but gave him his blessing. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom pressed him until he let Amnon and the king's all the king's sons go with him. Absalom made a feast like a king's feast. Then Absalom commanded his servants, Watch when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, Strike Amnon, then kill him. Do not be afraid. Have I not myself commanded you? Be courageous and valiant. So the servants of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons rose, and each mounted his mule and fled. While they were on their way, the report came to David that Absalom had killed all the king's sons, and not one of them was left. The king rose, tore his garments, and lay on the ground with all his servants who were standing by. They tore their garments. But Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shimeah, said, Let not my lord suppose that they have killed all of the young men of the king's sons. Amnon alone is dead. And this has been determined by Absalom from the day Amnon raped his sister Tamar. Now, therefore, do not let my lord the king take it to heart, as if all the king's sons were dead, for Amnon alone is dead. But Absalom fled, and when the young man who kept watch looked up, he saw many people coming from Horonayam, 
by the road, by the side of the mountains. Jonadab said to the king, See, the king's sons have come, as your servant said. So it has come about. And as soon as he finished speaking, the king's sons arised and raised their voices and wept. And the king and all his servants also wept very bitterly. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, son of Amahud, king of Geshur. David mourned for his son day after day. Absalom, having fled to Geshur, stayed there three years. And the heart of the king went out, yearning for Absalom, for he was now consoled over the death of Amnon. Sometimes a section of scripture is anything but uplifting. As I said earlier, this chapter should come with some sort of reader advisory. We will not come to the end of chapter 13 feeling anything but troubled. And maybe that is the point. As we celebrated David, as he finally assumed the throne and settled into peace in Jerusalem, now we sense a great uneasiness, a mourning and, uh, in the king's household and, and through the whole kingdom. And maybe we're especially aware of this unease because we can feel it in our own lives as well. When Nathan predicted the turmoil that was going to overtake David's house, a turmoil unleashed by David's tangles of sin against Bathsheba and Uriah, we knew that the peace that, that we had settled into was about to depart. Remember the word that Nathan spoke to David. What David had concealed, the Lord will make known. The secret sins of the rich and the powerful have been made public. It is difficult to speak of what has happened in this chapter, particularly the rape of Tamar. But notice how everyone in the court tried to sweep it under the rug, even the king who refused to punish his firstborn. The denial of justice continues over a period of years to feed Absalom's silent rage and desire for revenge. Something that we have to face, sometimes we have to face, what we don't want to face in order to deal justly and honestly with something that we would rather ignore. The greater the sin, the more embarrassing it is, the the more we should deal with it uh, straightforward, quickly, and upright. We want to believe, though, that David is perfect. We want to believe that this blessed household, favored as it is by God, promised with an unconditional promise, is, is also so perfect to live up to that expectation in many ways. Our desire for people or for a country to be as good and righteous as we hope or we want them to be can sometimes blind us to a multitude of sins that only thrive and multiply in the darkness of our denial. When faced with the facts, though, with the story of the sin that lies just below the glorious veneer, it is only natural to to want to deny the story, to ignore the pain, and to push away the victim that testifies against the powerful and hope that it all just goes away. As Nathan and David showed us, it is far better to repent and grieve our sin and to open a way to make things right again that means coming to the aid of those who have been harmed. That means hearing Tamar's story and acting in justice on her behalf, even if it leads to the downfall of a beloved son. Tamar's righteous warning to Amnon that such a thing is not done in Israel should have been a simple guide to the justice that she deserved. And now the whole house and the whole nation is turned upside down and is in turmoil. And the question of who will follow David on the throne has turned and taken a twist. 
in the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ, and for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, and for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, for the people in the ministries of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries that are ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, For who else or for what else do we pray? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome by adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless us now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.